Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Uh, could you introduce yourselves for the audience? Uh, hi, I'm Matt. I'm the I'm the CEO and founder of Rethink Food. I'm uh, Jenner Tomaska. I'm the chef and owner of Esme um, in Chicago. And I'm Stephen, the host of On the Rocks and Wayward Muse Media. Gentlemen, welcome in. We're so lucky to have you, and, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be with us. Thanks for having us. I'd like to begin with Rethink Food and an understanding of what your organization is, what it does, and you know, who's involved. Yeah, sure. So we, we, um, we're we a small but mighty group. We have uh, two really simple programs. One, we work with, with folks to collect their excess food from corporate cafeterias, restaurants, grocery stores, all that kind of stuff. We, we charge them a little bit to cover the cost, which is like kind of the one of the most challenging things in philanthropy is finding the, the resources to do it. Um, and then we make meals and basically cater local community centers. And then we have another program um, uh, where basically we work with small businesses in the communities that we serve, usually owned by uh, women and people of color. And we give them small grants to help them cater their local community center and make culturally uh, celebrated food for folks. How did that come to be? Like, what was the inception point for this idea of Rethink Food? Um, you know, I was a cook for a really long time. I you know, Jen, I see if I might actually, actually I was I was at Alinea for like a couple of weeks, you know, um, <laughs> me, me I, too. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and like, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'd worked at all these like great restaurants and saw all this stuff and, 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 you know, worked in France and briefly at Noma and I love Madison Park. And I wanted to do something now I call it, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, the menu, but like yeah. a moment where I wasn't obviously at his level, but like, the point where you're like, what am I doing this? Like, what am I doing this for? And it's actually why I really identify with your restaurant, Jenner, that you 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 found a higher purpose. But like, what what is the purpose of all of this? And I wanted to do something really thoughtful and meaningful and 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 good. But I didn't have any experience in social service, so I did what was the simplest thing I could possibly think of, which was collect all the stuff that was left over and cook it and give it away. And this is a good segue point. Jenner, what's your involvement with Rethink Food? And let's talk about your restaurant. Um, yeah, we are, we're a Rethink partner. Um, you know, we help, um, you know, raise raise money um, to support um, their foundation. Um, <clears throat> we've done it in a couple of different ways at the restaurant, but uh, in the long term, um, our guests are uh, kind of the asked to be, you know, a direct influence on, on, on raising and funding. Um, and that kind of just fits and ties into uh, what we do at Esme. Um, you know, as you mentioned, he was looking kind of for purpose. And I feel like, you you know, you get to a point in your career when you kind of cook in these tasting menus or fine dining restaurants of, and you start questioning the why and looking for purpose, um, what you want to do. And, and, and you know, I, I, it was always a dream of mine to open a restaurant and I didn't want to just open another tasting menu um, without that kind of like defined uh, reason. So, you know, we wanted to create a space for others. Um, and, that, and that's kind of where, re, you know, rethink kind of fits into this whole, whole dynamic is just, it made sense when we kind of started talking and, and building this relationship with them. But it's just a platform for people. Um, I'm thankful to get, uh, to, to have the opportunity to, to be a business owner and be a chef. Um, and we wanted to create a space uh, to give back and push that forward in some way. Um, and we do it through a couple of different ways. Um, and, you know, it's a restaurant, so we do it through food um, and the art and kind of the people we support um, through that process and journey. And just to mention the art, the things that you're doing at Esme, I mean, people don't even have to go in to, to be able to see it on Instagram. 
the way that you're tying in like the artistry and the collectivism of different people contributing to the menus, it's really innovative and super fun. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there, I, I truly feel there's like no savant when it comes to cooking. There's no, this, there's not this higher being or, or you know, the, the chef and that's it. It's always been a collective for me. I'm really good at kind of organizing people and like orchestrating and conducting. Um, I don't really see myself as the boss per se, but like, I, I like to um, feed into everyone's, you know, um, strengths, right? Like I'm really good at identifying that in people. And so to, to be able to work with artists around the community and not, not so little artists, but, you know, philanthropic groups as well, and then creatively collaborate and, and create an experience and not only feeds my creative wants and needs, but it, 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 it gives a space for real purpose um, in doing so. It's just, so it's been really fun. Yeah, it adds a real vitality to the whole organization. To continue, I, I'd like to go back and cover a little bit more about food insecurity, what it is um, for people who might not be familiar with the term and the things that you've been able to accomplish to address it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a really misunderstood concept, food insecurity. Um, and to be honest, you know, it's over the years, I feel like I've learned more and more and more about it. But, you know, the, there's a very famous, I like to kind of references, there's a very famous group of people that are food insecure that we kind of laugh about all the time, but it's college kids. You know, we laugh, oh, they don't have any money, they're just going to eat bad food, or they're going to skip meals, or they're going to eat pizza once a day. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's become like a cultural joke, but that's really a lot of what it is. But it gets a lot more serious when, you know, it's families, it's people who are providing for other people. It's it's really challenging. And it's just basically being stressed out, not knowing, understanding where your next meal is going to come from. And that affects a lot of people in New York, one in six, um, you know, some say one in five, some say one in six. And it's, you know, it's incredibly hard to like run your life and live your life if you're stressing out and to be as you know as a cook when i would basically only eat at the restaurant and was you know not making very little was making very little money living in chicago you know that stress of like am i gonna have enough money to eat on sunday on my day off is um makes life hard to live and and i think it's all mainly rooted in uh wealth inequality which i think is rampant in our country and um has just led to this kind of thing where most you know a lot of people can afford a $25 lunch, but very few, uh, very few, you know, a lot of people can't. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it affects uh, more people than we think. And there's some crazy statistics around that too. I mean, even outside of New York, the statistics, I think one in eight people are affected by food insecurity. And it's crazy to think how much food waste there is as well. You have, you know, at one point you have people who are desperately in search of food and a good meal and i mean having personally as a kid go have to go to food banks and like all they have are maybe some canned vegetables but you're usually just going to get sugar cereal oreos and you know maybe some macaroni like it's not it's not a food that's going to help you know with your cognition with your energy it's it's just going to weigh you down and keep you from being able to be successful in your day-to-day -day life I would love to hear some more about maybe some of the statistics that Rethink Food has contributed to combat these sort of inequalities. Yeah, I, you know, I think we've really, I, you know, I think what you're really describing is like a very systemic issue. And, and what happens is, you know, over time, 
Um, these things are, you know, with the pandemic, you saw a disproportionate amount of deaths in certain neighborhoods. And like, that's because of health, it's because of that. You see, you know, based on diet, how people perform in school and you see lower grades in certain areas based off of diets. And it's, it's really, it, it really is very unfair. And so with Rethink, we focus a lot on quality and we focus a lot on being culturally celebrated, which is something I'd like to talk about because we're really proud of, of that part of our program. And no matter who you are, you're not going to eat food you don't like, no matter what situation you're in. Like it just, if, if it smells weird or foreign or doesn't, you know, really, you know, identify with you, you're not going to eat it. And so we've really focused a lot of time, energy and resources on making sure that, you know, folks in Miami who are in the Haitian community are eating Haitian food that they really enjoy. Um, and then on the the dietary side, you know, all the restaurant tours in our commissary kitchen, we have a pretty strict set of guidelines around, you know, making sure that it's a whole meal, um, that all the food groups are represented. And um, yeah, that people, you know, it's it's really more than just a meal. It's not sustenance. It's more than a meal, and people can get some joy, as well as um, feel better when they when they eat our food. Culturally celebrated is a term, and I'd love to hear you you know expound upon um, the inspiration for that and how you've seen it affect different communities that rethink food has been able to touch. Yeah, we we serve over. I mean, at least over at our height, seventy five different cuisines that we've worked with very specific food foods from very all of especially in New York it's so eclectic but they used to say culturally sensitive which meant you know try to you know make it specific to a neighborhood but and that's what you know the big nonprofits would try to like plug in in those things which was helpful and easier to scale by the way like it's just easier to make a thousand of the same thing than 10 of you know, you know what I'm saying but um, we noticed this in during COVID where we started working with like Chinese restaurants in Chinatown serving Chinese people, the reception, the smile, the happiness, the consumption rates, like all of those things were just so much better when people were eating food that they really, really um, identified with. And um, so we, you know, we had a board member in one meeting said, why are you calling it sensitive? You're, you're celebrating and I think that the term had been around before he said that, but he was like, you know, you're, you're not being sensitive, you're celebrating their food. And that's like, and, and so it, we, we really kind of stuck with it. The other thing is during COVID and, and even now, it's very challenging to get halal and kosher meals to people. So we really prided ourselves on our ability to, to, to you know, be, to address those religious sensitivities as well. And I think the change of a word can be so important just because it connects with people better. You know, words are, I mean, feels like a form of magic when you're able to connect the right phrase to what it is that you're doing. I agree um, with that holistically. It takes time for organizations to grow and adjust to their respective markets. For those thinking about joining the NGO sector or are contributing to it, what advice would you share considering your journey? I'll give the, you know, I think one thing that's really important that I've learned is, you know, depending on where you come from, like it was, it was a difficult transition for me from a line cook to the NGO space. And I underestimated the, the difference of those things. And so I would say, you know, take the time to really understand what other people are doing and how they're doing it and who's doing what and why. And then 
my favorite advice is, which was given to me when I started Rethink, I wanted to teach kids how to cook in the beginning. That was my whole thing. I really liked doing that. I thought it was fun. And my uh, a, a really smart friend of mine said, why does it matter what you want to do? Like why you're doing community work? What, what, where, why is the you in there? And so I think when you're going to go out to do something for your neighborhood or your community, what you want to do really needs to not be on the list. You need to really think about what you can do to help. And if you can't help and you need to start something, start something. But um, yeah, so really looking at what's needed, I think, is is the most important step. And Jenner, I'd love if you could piggyback on that. And I think people would be really interested to hear kind of the inception point for Esme and its connection to art um, and its connection to philanthropy. How has that journey been for you? Um, I, I think a lot of the times for the, the, the most joy I think I've gotten from this is the connection um, just in general to people. Um, I feel like a lot of the times uh, that's a bit that's missing in the, the hospitality world. It, as weird as that may sound, I'm not sure if you feel this or the two of you felt this, but like um, it, the long hours and the odd shift of, you know, Monday, Tuesday, potentially being your only day off, you don't really work within society time, right? There's this kind of gap of, of, of not connecting with like people. So that's always been something that we wanted to kind of have a shift in, um, not per se in the, in the hours, but I was longing to, you know, for, for these relationships, I guess. And I think that's been the most fulfilling part about doing this. Um, and it's been so kind of organic from meeting people to people. Um, and it just shows really how small um, a community can be and how tight knit a community can be, which I think has been very eye opening. But, you know, we just we have shifted our priorities when, when we wanted to start this. You know, um, we, we weren't out for, um, uh, you know, awards and lists. Um, it's not that it wasn't um, on the top of our goals. Um, you know, I think I think I left left those wants uh, in my early 20s. But it's been fulfilling to, you know, to, to, to create the stage for people um, and, and meet and make these relationships um, on the high ends and the low ends, you know, and, and to see a new and up and, up and coming artist um, install her work here um, and be the first place to ever do that. And then connect with established artists, you know, that have been around for, you know, 10 or 20 years and then watch them to kind of build this relationship and then push each other forward and support each other. Um, it's been very, very rewarding to kind of watch that kind of blossom and happen. Um, and then, you know, it, it's, this place is not really um, set in stone. You know, we, there's no, there's no map to what, what and how we do this. You know, we, we try to participate in as with much of the community as possible. And sometimes that's very literal where we'll pick a foundation and raise um, the ticket price. And a portion of the proceeds goes back to that, you know, programming. Um, and then some, sometimes it's just about kind of pushing an artist and a person forward and highlighting a topic. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, no, it's been, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a really eye-opening to say the least. And what has your experience been with Rethink Food? Like, could you give any advice to people who are listening to this now and are trying to decide how they might be able to partner with Rethink or, you know, might be on the fence? Should it cost, like how much would it cost them? That, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, of, of course. Um, for me, I, it's always important that I connect with whatever, whatever, and whoever we're kind of working with for a couple of reasons. Like we have to retell their story. Um, we have to reshare that information. Um, and then whoever we're sharing it with needs to trust us, right? 
And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a, a bottle of water, um, a glass of wine, uh, a course, um, a piece of art on the wall, the silverware that's for sale. You know, it, it, this space is kind of a gallery as such. And so we, we are partnering with them in a way where, you know, we wanted to make sure that we felt comfortable with what they're doing. And that's always my kind of apprehensiveness with anything, right? Um, and I very much so connected with what they're doing. Um, it just makes sense to me. Um, you can literally like see this ecosystem of, of this kind of functional circle of what they do. And it just, it just resonated with me because I'm kind of in the food world and ha have a, a small understanding of what they're generally trying to accomplish. And just to see them identify like certain points of, of how they're going to get there. Like he, like Matt mentioned, they go, they, they, the food's based off of the community, right? How that, that to me just shows that they're thinking about this, right? Because, you know, not to turn this negative, but you don't always know where, you know, these kind of funds can be going to. Um, mm -hmm. But just after speaking to them, I, I knew it was, it, it just, I just felt the trust. I felt the, um, the passion. And, and I just believed that what they were trying to do made sense and they were doing it for, with purpose, right? And, and financially, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the restaurant at all, um, which is awesome. Um, there's a couple, I'd like, quote me if I'm wrong, Matt, but there's a couple ways you can do it. Um, there can just be a fee to the bottom line of, um, the receipt. Um, or you can leave like an op open space, uh, tip line per se, where, you know, we, we let the guests know that we're partnered with rethink and they're able to get, pretty much leave a donation, um, at, at, at their discretion, right. Um, for however much, you know, many dollars. Oh, I was going to say that's it. Yeah. And it's, and it's great for, uh, you know, it's great. And, and to, that's a big thing that we really, you know, ideally, and I don't know what amount of time we think doesn't really have to be in the picture anymore. And so, you know, our board, um, you know, generously covers our overhead in New York, my salary, our office, all that kind of stuff. So we really commit to, you know, having the dollars stay in the community that they, you know, that they, that, that they belong and working with entrepreneurs in the community. And um, yeah, so you can do it two ways, which, you know, consistency is really important for us. So it's just the, uh, because it all ends up at the end of it with a meal that somebody's getting that they can rely on. Um, but yeah, you can add it to the check, 1%, a dollar, whatever, whatever's comfortable to you. And then, or you can add a, a space for a tip and then we'll come and talk to your team and provide you some materials and stuff to help you share the, to help build the Rethink Network. Yeah, and but I also, think it's been, oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh no, please, please, after you. Yeah, it's it's been it's been very well received on on our ends, uh, you know, as the, the guest perception of it. Um, it, it like we have regulars here, you know, at 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 the bar and in in the dining room, and you know, I, I after speaking with them, like every time I come in here, Jenner, I always do this, and I like, and I'm not like, I'm not like baiting them to get any information out of them. They're like, but several of them make it a point to tell me that they're, they're like so happy that places do this. Um, so I just think it's, it's, it's fantastic. Right. And to, to, to actually see where it's going, I think for me, gives it such purpose as a, as a restaurant owner to like know that they're giving grants to restaurants to in, in, you know, in, in communities that need assistance to feed those communities. It's like, that's an, I don't, not a no brainer. Just, it's just a home run. It's just really cool. Yeah. With our, as the internet has grown and our access to information has expanded, I think there is a sense from, you know, guest human perception that like, I want to be able to help and try and solve some of these 
problems that are systemic throughout our society. Like we look at the way that food is processed and it can seem like within a restaurant, even though, you know, we're running such tight margins, we're trying to get the most out of our food as possible. There's still food waste that's going to happen. Households are going to still be throwing away food because it's, you know, improperly stored leading to a lot of these losses. What advice would you gentlemen have uh, for people who are trying to try and bring their own food usage into balance? Uh, I would say it's a, it's a big one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would, you know, Jeff, when I was, you know, in, in kitchens, like I always, you know, waste logs and things like that, you know, and then and the thing is like, I never cooked at home for ever. And now I cook at home sparingly, albeit, but I do sometimes. But I realized that like the home waste log is a really, is really, it's just easy, you know? And then when you have it, you know, people write down what they want to get, but they don't write away what to throw down. Then when you go to the store next time, you're like, do I need two things of blueberry? You know, like it, it helps shows what you throw away. You know, I, I you said it, it's such a, it's a, it's a, like a lot of these issues are such a large topics. Um, and at times it can seem very overwhelming. And I would just encourage whoever to not try to tap, tackle the world, but find something that you're going to be passionate about and, and try to hold on to that, you know, whether, whether it's food, food loss in the restaurant or, you know, in, in increasing wages, you know, because there's this, there's this large wage gap between, you know, pick the dynamic. Um, mm -hmm. But it, but it can become very overwhelming if it's like, we want to fix everything. I, and for me, it's impossible, right? So I, I would just encourage you to you know, find something that you want to want to be passionate about it and, and, and stick with that and try to try to make a mark and lead by example. And, and hopefully, you know, the, the next go around, you can you can inspire someone to do um, just a little bit better, I guess. Yeah, I really like that. That's really well said. We and I, you know, and we're coming at a time, but we have this really nice and we're, Jen, we're trying to figure it out in Chicago, but we, we took the partners in Miami uh, a little while ago and just had like the restaurant that was fundraising, the kitchen that was making the meals, the chefs that were making the meals in the, in the neighborhood and the community center. And we all sat together and had a meal, a lunch. And everybody kind of felt like they were just doing a little bit and everybody kept thanking each other and everybody kept being like, I don't do anything. I don't do anything. You know, and I really is just like, don't try to tackle the world. Just do like a little thing, you know, like, make a small donation, add something to a line on a check, you know, like shares, you know, something on social, like just being positive and kind of adding to like the million dots of light or whatever that saying is, is what's going to yep. be. <laughs> world. Yeah. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Well, gentlemen, thank you for your time. I, if you have any final thoughts or I'd love to close out with um, steps that someone might be able to take to join in and contribute to rethink food and uh, where people can find Esme and support them. Jeff, you want to go first or do you want me to go? You can go ahead, sir. All right. Um, you know, you go to rethinkfood.org. There's very clear three couple of ways that you can get involved with Rethink. And yeah, just reach out to us, send us a message. We're, we're, we're open to any and all ideas. Yeah, rethinkfood.org. You can visit, visit us visit us at esmechicago.com. Um, uh, the, the, men, uh, the tasting menu uh, changes quarterly. We're always featuring a different artist and um, philanthropic group. Um, we also have an a la carte bar um, that's connected to um, the dining room uh, that's a la carte. You can just walk in. Uh, you don't necessarily need a restaurant. Um, you can book via Resi. And just to throw this out there, the bar program at Esme, stunning. It's amazing. Everyone. Thank you. I can't take go. credit. I, I can't. I can't take credit for that. Um, 
Uh, and most things around here are uh, very much uh, because of Tia, um, who is a very talented um, individual. I, I got the privilege to work with her for a very short amount of time, but even in that time, yeah, inspirational, incredible, very talented person. <laughs>